welcome to the Irresistible Marketing Pod, the podcast that wants to empower you to handle whatever entrepreneurship throws your way with grace. I'm your host, Issa Gauchi, your marketing confidence cheerleader and owner of the MISA Messaging Digital Marketing Agency for Small Business Baddies, such as yourself. Today, we're going to talk about an overlooked rite of passage on your way to the wild, mind-blowing, how-the-fuck-did-she-do-that success that is your destiny. And that overlooked rite of passage is the ghosts, the no-shows, and how you handle them in your business. So I realized recently that every single mentor I most look up to in business who makes the kind of money I want to make with an unconventional business model that I admire, who powerfully believes in herself, her work, and her people, have all had something like this happen to them often several times. They offered a freebie and no one came to the webinar or downloaded that PDF. They carefully planned out a launch and got low or no sales. They showed up and showed up and showed up in their marketing and got crickets. They had some real rough money months at some point in their lives. Now, keep in mind, these are now multi six and even seven figure entrepreneurs. So how the fuck did they get from point A to point B? Long story short, they kept going despite these setbacks. But how did they find the strength to do that? Now that is the key to what sets them apart. So let's break it down. Here's how badasses who become wildly successful entrepreneurs handle disappointments in their businesses. So number one, they manage the meaning they make out of it. So don't get me wrong. These things are uncomfortable AF. They are bound to trigger old wounding you may have around rejection, abandonment, and self-worth. I know I've felt all kinds of triggered when this stuff has happened to me in my business. So I don't think the issue is finding out how not to get triggered by such disappointments. Here's what is crucially important, though. You do need to be careful about the meaning you make of these disappointments in your business. Many, many entrepreneurs, particularly ones with personal brands, are likely to start telling themselves super unkind tales about what it means that no one showed up or no one downloaded or what have you. I'm not good enough. No one thinks my work is valuable. They just don't like me. These thoughts not only make you feel like crap, but they are demotivating as fuck. If any of those thoughts are true, your business is just like doomed. There's no point in trying further. And with these thoughts on repeat, it's no wonder that many entrepreneurs give up, tap out right here. But the entrepreneurs who make it find different ways to look at these disappointments. They find ways to get curious by asking questions like, did enough people even see this offer to take me up on it? How many times did I tell people about this opportunity? Did my aligned customers even realize I was talking to them? And hold up, do I even know who my aligned customer is? And did I communicate what the benefit was? And no, the benefit was not that it was free. Did I give them a sense of the transformation, the result that was possible for them 
if they took me up on this offer? And did I go hard enough to help them imagine what results were possible for them? What results that they scarcely dare dream are within their reach? Was there a clear and compelling call to action? And did I make this offer confidently or did I bury the lead? Now these questions, when they're taking up your thoughts, now this is the perspective that will help you make better marketing in the future. And notice how none of these questions, none of these thoughts are about whether or not you're good enough because it's not about that. All right. So the second way that badasses destined for wild success um, approach disappointments, failures in business differently is that they find the creative opportunity in failure. So the people I look up to the most in business find ways to make something empowering out of a disappointing business experience. Here are a few examples. So even though no one showed up, they still taught the, that webinar with enthusiasm, with delight, with passion, so that they could practice their messaging and saw that as a valuable thing to do, even with no one there in, on the live webinar. They showed up and taught it anyway um, to practice the messaging, to practice their wording, and then they used that recording for marketing content moving forward. Or if no one downloaded the free ebook or booklet or pamphlet or whatever, um, they might design a mini marketing campaign just for that free download and promote the crap out of it for weeks or even months. Or if cart closed and no one bought it, they didn't get the sale kind of sales they were looking for. Um, they surveyed the folks who were looking but didn't buy, or folks they thought were aligned about. Why not? And then based on that feedback, they whipped up a custom offer to better suit those customers' needs. I recently listened to a Simone Gray Soul, um, I Am Your Korean Mom podcast episode, and she talked about how she, to make the incredible content she makes, she often asks herself how she can take a bigger emotional risk. And I really love this. So I think this is a way to make an empowering experience out of a disappointing marketing effort. Ask yourself how to take, you could have taken a bigger emotional risk in your marketing and then get vulnerable, get personal and watch those DMs and inquiries roll in. They might even to turn a, a failure or a disappointment in business into an empowering experience, like get real brave and courageous and delve into the depths of their shadows to understand and heal the wounds they have around money, self-worth, validation, rejection, and abandonment. And when using that painful, disappointing experience as a catalyst to go deep and really heal deep stuff, this work makes it possible for a sale to just be a sale in the future. And they, they can stop accidentally assigning their self-esteem and ability to believe in their business and their dreams and their potential cust- and, and the customers that are going to want this onto potential customers in the present because that is way too much pressure. That is non-consensual emotional labor that you are putting on people you are saying you are going to help. 
And this, doing this healing work, like, it's so painful. I think that sometimes we need these big setbacks, these big disappointments, these big failures to really face it. Because if you don't have to, why would you go through that much pain? But if you face these wounds head on, there is so much gold for you on the other side of it. Like, this is the being forged through fire. This is being turned into a diamond. This is the really challenging, painful test that blows open your capacity and ability to hold the success you're calling in, hold all those eyes on you, hold all those people counting on you and looking up to you, hold the power that comes with money and success and recognition and fame. Like maybe, 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 maybe facing these wounds, these feelings that come out when you have a letdown is exactly what makes you qualified to hold the success you're calling in. So I believe that turning setbacks into empowering experiences is one of the most important skills for entrepreneurs to cultivate. This is what keeps you going. This is what keeps you getting better and better and better. Now, don't get me wrong. This is really challenging mindset work. So it is so important to have a mentor, a coach, a community, or (laughs) a marketing confidence cheerleader and a squad to help you check your doom spirals and turn them into tornadoes of creativity, curiosity, and empowerment instead. All right. Here's the third thing I think um, badasses destined for wild success in businesses do to turn disappointments and, and setbacks into stepping zones to go get their dreams. I think that they treat their words as spells and they are really careful about the stories they tell themselves and others, the meaning they make of what's happened. Because as an entrepreneur, how you talk to yourself really freaking matters. The more, because the more you say something, even in your own head, the more you believe it. It like puts those grooves in your brain, <laughs> neural pathways and whatnot. That's why all of this, no one showed up because I suck or no one downloaded it because no one wants what I have to offer or no one bought because people just don't value my work or my, my work flat out isn't valuable to people. That kind of self-talk is so dangerous because if you look for it, you can find evidence of doom everywhere. You can always find ways to make it your fault and yourself bad and wrong and unworthy. And the more you make business setbacks mean something bad about you as a person, the more habitually you'll think these thoughts and the more likely you are to have trauma responses to your own business and to your own dreams and freeze, shut down, fight, or all these other ways that keep you out of alignment with your true purpose and make it harder than it has to be to show up in your business. But luckily you do have other options. You can train yourself to notice the signs that it is working. And if you can't see the signs yet, you can enlist support like a marketing confidence cheerleader to help you notice them. You can choose to speak to yourself lovingly through the toughest of times. And if you don't know how, you can enlist support like a fabulous squad of excellently eccentric and ambitious entrepreneurs to help redirect the stories you're telling yourself and help you find more supportive and empowering narratives for what's going on in your business. You can give voice to your desires and soothe your fears by acknowledging them, but not allowing them to drive. 
And if you can't turn down the volume on your fears, you can enlist support, again, like a marketing confidence cheerleader, to give you hope that is louder than that fear. The more you speak to your goals and your dreams, the more you have supportive people who will hype you up about them and reinforce your belief that they are within your reach, the easier it is to believe in them and your ability to achieve them. And when you are surrounded by people that are going to keep affirming them, keep encouraging to repeat what your goals are, how much they are possible for you, how much the world deserves your work because it's going to change lives The more you strengthen those neural pathways, the more these become habitual thoughts, the easier it is to have an empowering mindset about whatever is happening in your business. Like, just think about it. What if your habitual thoughts were about how easy and fun sales are, how delightfully creative and enthralling marketing is, how you'll inevitably achieve your goals. Like what if those were the thoughts you thought the most and not like, oh my God, the fucking money. Or oh my gosh, people don't like me. It's never going to work. Like which would you rather have as your, your normal brain space stasis? All right, third thing I think separates the entrepreneurs destined for wild freaking success from um, the entrepreneurs that prematurely tap out is self-validation before market validation. Because as an entrepreneur, there's no getting around it. Faith is something you are going to have to cultivate. Because for most of us, there is a period after you make the offer that you have to trust people will buy it before they actually do. You have to trust in this enough to be able to make any good marketing in the first place. You have to trust in it enough to put in the effort required to tell people about it enough times for them to feel familiar and safe enough with the offer to invest in it. And you have to trust it to not feel like shit about your business and about yourself when you're making that offer in your marketing, when you're telling people over and over and over again. So in order to do all the things that make it so you can make the kind of sales you want, you can attract the following, the accolades, the customers, the money that you want, you have to know how to validate the value of your work before customers do. Because if you don't allow yourself to believe in how wildly good, wildly important what you're doing is, you are putting a whole lot of non-consensual labor on your potential customers. Like, imagine it in terms of a romantic relationship. Like, what if you showed up um, with the mindset that I can't love myself unless or until you do? Or my confidence is entirely dependent on what you do or don't do. Or if you say no or not right now, I will give up on myself and decide, decide that I don't deserve to have my needs and wants met. Like, imagine a partner showing up to you like that. Like, how does that feel? That's like crazy amounts of pressure, right? And you're like, okay, but where is there room for me in this relationship? Where is there room for me to get my needs met? Because like you are hanging so much response, emotional responsibility on me just to make sure you're okay in yourself. It's not cool, right? You can't have a healthy relationship unless you already value yourself. But it is true that relationships of all kinds romantically and in business are vulnerable and triggering and that's why so many people are in therapy like the healthiest people you know are probably in therapy right now and if (laughs) um 
the people that are struggling the most, like, I wish therapy was more accessible. Because we have wobbles when we are triggered. We struggle to remember what is our responsibility and what is other people's. And business is no different. Yes, you need to validate the value of your work for yourself, but you can and should get support in building that belief for yourself. But this support should come from a skilled business coach or a marketing confidence cheerleader, not the people you are hoping will become your clients because you are asking for an investment in exchange for you serving them and meeting their needs in that way. Source the validation, the, the support in building up your own belief from appropriate places. All right. Um, The number four thing I think sets the entrepreneurs destined for wild success apart from those who tap out prematurely is treating marketing as an experiment and not a test. Because notice how when you start thinking like this, like we've been discussing through this podcast, that failure isn't actually a thing because you're always able to get something valuable out of setbacks. I actually think that labeling our our marketing setbacks as failures isn't helpful most of the time because failure, failure tends to come with shame. And I know a lot of my people tend to like really take on more accountability and responsibility for more than what's actually theirs. And shame shuts us down or has us fighting it. Like shame is distracting. It pulls our focus and attention away from showing up and finding out what does work because we are trying to just grapple with that shame. So what if we could just take shame out of the marketing equation? Like there's no way to pass fail it. It's just a continual experiment. So there's no way you can get an F at marketing (laughs) if you're showing up and trying to do marketing. And the more you can look at it like that, the more curiosity and creativity you can bring to the process of trial and error, the more fun you'll have figuring out how to get the clients following and accolades that you want, need, and deserve. But I do want to reiterate, you don't have to, and you shouldn't handle this alone because this is really hard, challenging, emotional work for most of us. Most of us weren't conditioned to approach life, business, and money this way. You're having to literally rewire your brain to become the entrepreneur with the kind of resilience, confidence, and fortitude that are necessary for the kind of success you want. So if you find yourself regularly sinking into doom spirals, if you freeze up when it's time to share your offer, if you cried when no one came to that workshop, you are not alone and you don't suck. This is not a sign of doom. Most of us go through this. You just need some support. You need love and encouragement and reframes to stop being so hard on yourself when the inevitable business setbacks happen. You need buddies to help you practice new, more empowering habitual thoughts. You need a cheerleader and a squad. And luckily, both are available to you right now. So hi again, I'm Issa, your marketing confidence cheerleader, the on-call expert marketing director and hype fairy godmother to the squad, which is a fabulous community of excellently eccentric entrepreneurs cheering each other on as we all do the impossible in real time, reinforcing that the impossible is not actually impossible. 
And there is no better time than now to book me as your own personal marketing genie in a bottle because a year of killer content, my one-on-one program where we keep you motivated, hyped, passionate, and knowing exactly what to say to sell comes with a six-month complimentary membership to the squad if you check out by Wednesday, February 7th. Um, The offer is open through February, just after the 7th. It comes with a three-month rather than a six-month complimentary membership to the squad. So links for how to work with me, how to follow me, how to get on my email list for regular marketing mic drops that are going to get you so inspired and so empowered and so um, passionate about sharing the word about your amazing work, then for sure, get on my email list, follow me, um, and join join a year of killer content, join the squad. Anyhow, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever that you are listening to this. And as always, please drop me some stars, five of them, and a nice review to help keep this dope podcast going. All right, love you. Bye.